Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. So excited for today's service. But before we jump into that, I want to welcome you. If it's your first time with us at CE, we would love to connect with you. The best way for us to do that is if you head over to churchexperience.tv slash connect. It's also a great place to go at any point during today's service. If you have any questions, comments, prayer requests, love to hear from you, love to get back to you, and we would love to be praying for you. Well, that being said, we're ready to dive in. Would you stand with me as we sing some songs of praise to our Heavenly Father? Yeah. 
that we get this space to be together to worship you. Lord, help us to surrender, to surrender ourselves and our ways so that we can grow closer to you, God. I pray as we listen to the message that our hearts will be open to receive your word and your love have your way today, Lord. I pray this in your name. Jesus, amen. Hey, my name is Phil Lewis. I'm the executive director of Winning at Home Tampa Bay, and it is really an honor to be teaching and talking to the wonderful church family of Church Experience. Uh, over the years, working as a counselor and a coach and kind of as a therapist, I've had the opportunity to observe lots and lots of families. I mean, that's what we do. We work with marriages, we work with families, we work with people who want to literally win at home. And so over the years, not only have I tried to help them, but I've, I've tried to let them help me. 
I've listened to stories of husbands and wives and moms and dads and sons and daughters, and I've, and I've taken notes as I've, as I've tried to help them, but I've taken notes again to try to help me. And I've heard a husband say something, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's really good. I, I, I need to write that down so that I say that, I say that to my wife, or, or vice versa. I've heard a, <laughs> a husband say something, and I'm like, whoa, 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 don't, that's, don't, don't say that, don't, don't do that. So I've had literally some wonderful experiences with families over many, many years and probably now into the thousands of opportunities to make observations about people who win at home. And with all of that content, with all of that experience, one of the things that's interesting to me is that I still look back on the home that I grew up in as one of the best homes ever. My mom and dad, they raised four of us kids, and they, they weren't perfect. They, they loved each other, they loved us, and they definitely loved God, but they were in no means they were in no means perfect. In fact, when I think back of my childhood, I remember a time, even growing up in a great home, I was going through a really tough time. In fact, it was so tough that I decided at one point, I decided at one point that I was going to run away. And we were, we were having dinner one night, and there was a knock at our door, and so I left the table, and I went over uh, around the corner, and I opened the front door, and at the front door was my, my friend. She was our neighbor. Her name was Paula. And Paula and I were planning on literally running away uh, together. We were both going through a tough time, and we stood at the door kind of whispering and kind of making our final plans, and uh, I shut the door. I came back to the table, and as soon as I got back to the table, my dad said, um, who was at the door? And I said, well, it, it was Paula. Well, what, what did she want? Well, nothing. We were just, you know, we were just kind of talking, just, you know, just, she just came to say, hey. And he said, well, it, it seemed like you were gone a while, and, and it seemed like you were whispering. I, I feel like there's something you're not, you're not telling me. What, what were you guys talking about? And I said, nothing. We, we, just, we, just, were, we just were talking. And then, and then he, moved into that, he moved into that zone, right, where he uses my first and middle name, Philip, Jonah. I want to know what you were talking about. And I looked at him, and I said, Dad, I'm not going to tell you what we were talking about. And he said, okay. He said, get up from the table and go to your room. I knew that, I knew that not only was I going through a tough time, but I was, <laughs> I was getting ready to go through an even tougher time. And Dad came into the room, and he sat on the edge of the bed, and he said, I'm going to ask you one more time, what were you and Paula talking about? And now kind of afraid and angry and all kinds of emotions kind of being stirred up in my heart, I just kind of blurted out, well, we're going to run away. And I'll never forget his reaction. <laughs> he, just, he just burst out laughing. Uh, he, he, he couldn't control himself. And, and it just made me, it made me matter. And, and the fact of the matter is he wasn't laughing at the fact that I was running away. He wasn't laughing at the fact that I was going through a tough time. He was laughing at the fact that I was six years old. And so he moved very quickly from laughter to kind of logic, and he said, well, Philip, can I ask you some questions? I said, sure. He said, so where, where are you and Paula going to go? I said, I don't know. Well, where, where are you going to stay? I don't know that either. Well, well let me ask you this. Where, where, what are you going to eat? Now, that... That kind of made me stop and kind of rethink this whole runaway thing because I, I have to be honest, not only did I grow up in a great home, but I grew up with a great chef. My mom could cook some great food. In fact, her, 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 
her premier meal was fried chicken, mashed potatoes with sweet tea. And I didn't realize that if I ran away, I was going to run away from that too. So he went from laughter in his reaction to logic in his reaction. And finally, finally he landed on love. And to be honest, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember how I felt. And I'm, and I'm guessing the conversation kind of went like this as we begin to talk about this whole issue of me running away at six years of age, it definitely made him react with laughter and definitely made him react with logic, but it, it ultimately made him react with love. And he said to me, again, not the exact quote, but, Philip, we love you. We care about you. We don't want anything to happen to you. Wh- whatever you're going through, what, whatever you're struggling with, we, we, are here, we are here to help you. I'll never forget his reactions to me as a, as a runaway. And, I, and, and in thinking about this talk and what I felt like I wanted to teach on in this message, I felt like this would be a good place to kind of pause and just talk about some reactions to runaways. Reactions to runaways. And, and what, what are our reactions to people who, who may not leave home, but they leave our hearts? Or maybe they do leave home. Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're a dad. Maybe you have a son or a daughter that's made some choices and have, have, have left the security of not only your home, but your faith, your care, your love. And, and you're not sure how to react to them. Uh, maybe... Maybe you have a friend or a coworker or a neighbor that you've been close with that, that you know is headed down, headed down a road that's going to lead them to a really, really bad place, and you don't know what to do. And I feel like this would be a good place for us to, to look at some reactions that are found in Scripture that will help us to know what to do when there's a runaway in our lives. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture. It's in Luke chapter 15. And because we're in this storytelling series where Jesus is, is using stories, these parables, there are 39 parables that are, that are recorded in the Gospels. We're not going to be able to cover all of those. In fact, we're coming near to the end of this series. And so I felt like instead of just using one parable, I would kind of double up and use two parables because I feel like these two parables that we're going to talk about are going to give us three reactions to the runaways in our lives and really help us to know what we should do as a reflection of what God does, what God does for us when we run away. Because there isn't any person who is listening to this talk that's, that's not been or won't be a runaway at some point in your life, whether you run away from home or whether you run away from God, you run away from responsibility, whatever it may be, you're going to turn and head the wrong direction from time to time. And how does God respond to us? And how, how do we respond to the people that we love in our lives? And how can we help them? How can we help them best? So let's look at a let's look at this story in Luke chapter 15. And as you open your Bibles or turn on your Bibles, if you happen to pass Luke 11, bookmark that. Put your thumb there. Put a piece of paper there. Uh, get ready to come back to that because that's the second parable that we're going to look at. But this parable is probably the most famous. It's the biggest, the longest parable. It's the most specific parable about uh, about the teaching that Jesus wants to be able to share with us. And 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 I want to say to you that Luke 15 actually contains three parables. The first one is about a coin. The first one is the second one is about a sheep, and this final one is about something even more valuable, and that's about a person, a person who's lost, a person who's run away. So let's see what, see what this parable has to say to us and how we can ad- adopt these reactions to runaways in our lives. Let's read this together. 
Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go back to my father and I'll say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So just make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up and he went to his went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they begin to celebrate. Dear God, I pray that you would help us today as we listen to your word to be able to pick up on the reactions to runaways. You love us. You pursue us. You care about us. And I pray, God, that that same compassion, those same attributes of our Heavenly Father would show up in us as men who are fathers, as, as women who are mothers, as friends, as co-workers, that we would be able to duplicate that in what we do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are. We looked at Luke chapter 15, and that's where we're going to begin. Again, we're going to look at two parables to show three reactions that we need to have. So the first reaction that I feel like we can find very clearly in Scripture is, is this reaction, is to pray, <laughs> pray, and pray. And I, it, it wasn't that I kept typing and I thought I need to put it on there. Three, it's because it's so important, and it's something that we need to continue to do. Okay, and we, we see this really in the first parable. So let's let's take a look at Luke chapter eleven and, and, and consider this as we as we move towards that. This is a this is a statement that we use a lot of times. When when somebody says, Hey, I'm going through a tough time, I'm going through a rough time, we'll say almost in a way to minimize the power of prayer, we'll say, Well, all we can do is pray. I guess the only thing that we can do is pray. And I don't think that God wants us to look at prayer that way as a second option because the truth is the first thing we should do is pray, the best thing that we can do is pray, and the worst thing we can do is not, is not pray. So the first thing that I would encourage you to write down in your notes is that the reaction, the first reaction that we ought to have to runaways in our lives is to pray, pray, pray. Philippians says, don't be anxious about anything but in everything, Right? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So now let's take a look at where this idea is, is, is really from as it relates to a parable, as it relates to one of the stories that Jesus tells. It's in Luke chapter 11. And by the way, Luke chapter 11 is where Jesus takes time. His disciples say, hey, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? Teach us how to pray. And this is where we get the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, uh, who, who have hurt us, who have offended us, who have sinned against us, right? And, and so right after he teaches that, then he moves into this parable. I mean, right after. 
Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, hey friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and he's come to me and I don't have any food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, hey, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you that even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity... I love that phrase, shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. What what, what this parable is teaching is, is Jesus is not only teaching his disciples how to pray, but he's also teaching them how often to pray. And, And Paul says to us to to pray without ceasing. And a lot of times we think that that's kind of like leaving the connection with, with us and God together all day long. And I think it's part of that. But I think part of that is, is that we just don't ever give up on the issues and the problems and the struggles that we face. We don't ever stop praying about them. Pray, pray, pray. Because Jesus says, look, here's how you pray. And and you should just continually pray. I, I'm going to add a couple words into this verse 9. And, 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 and it's not going to it's not going to change the verse, but it's going to clarify what I believe is, is really the intent of what Jesus is saying here about asking and about seeking and about knocking. Here, here's what I would say. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. But look at this. Let's, let's clarify a little bit. For everyone who asks repeatedly receives, and the one who seeks continually will find, and to the one who knocks relentlessly the door will be open. That's, that's the kind of emphasis that Jesus is teaching. The same emphasis that he taught on how to pray, he's teaching in this parable about how often, how often to pray. And the, and the truth is, sometimes our prayers are not being answered, not because there's sin in our lives, or not because we're doing something wrong. I, I think the truth is, is, it's not that we haven't asked, but according to this parable, Jesus is saying, you just haven't asked enough. It's not that you haven't asked, you just haven't asked you haven't asked enough. And I, and I think a good acrostic, some of you may be familiar with this, but the, the, the prayer acrostic that says P-U-S-H, push, is an idea that says pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. Pray, pray, pray. And the truth is you do this not because you have a lack of faith. You keep praying over the same things because they haven't been answered yet by God. You do that not because you're like, man, I hope, I hope, I hope this works, so I'm just going to keep on doing it. I've got my fingers crossed. No, no, it's not that you do it for lack of faith, and it's not because God is forgetful. It's not because you have to like, well, I told God yesterday, but you know how he is. He's pretty busy right now with COVID and all the things that are happening in our country, so he probably, he probably forgot what I, no, 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 it's not because he's forgetful. The reason we keep praying about the same things is because God is the only one who can do the impossible. He's the only one that can do the impossible, and so our first reaction to a runaway should be to pray, pray, pray. In fact, nothing should come off of your prayer list until God has answered it. Don't stop praying about something until God shows up and does something. Reaction to the runaway. And maybe, maybe a question would come up is, well, what do we pray for? You know, if, if we're supposed to pray, 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 then as it relates to a runaway, what are the things that we can, what are the things that we can pray for? Good question. So, so let me answer that for you. And, and this isn't, again, a, a comprehensive answer. This is just to give you a couple things to think about. Number one, pray for faithful friends. When you have somebody who leaves your home, leaves your heart, they're wandering around looking for something, hoping for something, trying to figure something out. 
One of the things that they will desperately need is some faithful people to show up in their lives, some, some faithful friends. Let, let me explain it like this. Again, working with literally hundreds, now thousands of couples, moms and dads especially, as they, as they raise their kids, this is, a, this is a principle that's really, really important. It's a satellization principle. Okay? It's this idea that, that from zero to a certain age, a child will satellite around, uh, around their mom and dad, will, will orbit around their lives. So, so if, if, if the family goes to church experience, the kid goes to church experience, or kid experience, right? Uh, if, if the family wears masks, <laughs> the kid is going to wear masks. If the, if the family loves Tom Brady, right, the kid is going to love Tom Brady, okay? That's satellization. It's that the, the, the child revolves around what, what mom and dad do. And, and that happens until a certain time when they begin to kind of question who they are, what they want, their likes, their dislikes, their own faith. And then, and then something, something very important happens, but, but it's something that has to be really careful, really strategized. And, and that's why I want you to understand this, satellization. Then there's what's called desatellization, where sometime in the teen years, usually this is when it happens, sometimes in the teen years, the child says, you know, I, I love mom and dad, but I don't, I don't necessarily believe all that they believe. I don't think all that they believe. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering what else is out there in the world, okay? And so they begin to look for, for someone else, someone else to orbit around, someone else to satellite around, if you will. Somebody else, and, and what I would say to you is, as a, as a parent, moms, dads, I'm talking to you, as parents of young kids especially, your job, your job should be to find faithful friends for your children to connect with. Find other families that have the same beliefs, the same values, and, and obviously church experience is a great place to find those people, okay? And so you want, when this happens, because it will happen, when this happens, to make sure that you've prayed for some faithful friends, some people that when they leave your orbit, they will find, they will find another orbit, a second home, a second voice, if you will, to, to speak to them about the things that, that they were taught, the things that you hope will help them as they get older. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. Praying for, praying for faithful friends is such an important thing, and, and I would just say... Sometimes when our voice can't bring change, changing the voice can. I, I know as a, as a parent, there were things that I tried to teach my daughters, and I would say to them, and they, and, 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 and they would kind of balk at it, they would kind of push back from it, and then, and then they would come home from school, and they would have heard of a teacher that has the same values and beliefs that we did, and they would say the same exact thing, and they'd come home and they'd say, hey, Dad, guess what? And they would say what I had been trying to tell them over and over again, and I just stood there and I'm like, I've, I've been trying to tell you that, and they would say, well, yeah, but it didn't really make sense until I heard it from somebody else. And so praying for faithful friends so that, so that when, when, when a runaway runs away, they run into some people that love God, will care about them, and church experience, I think, is, is, is on a trajectory to be a group of people who not only love each other, care for each other, but are looking for runaways that they can run into where they can become a satellite. They can become, if you will, an orbit to them where they can learn again and they can hear again about God's love and God's care in their lives. Pray for faithful friends. If you have a runaway, pray that God will help them to run into the right people. The second thing is pray for divine detours. Divine detours. This is really important. In verse 14 um, of Luke 
We read, after he had spent everything, right? The son had taken his part of the inheritance. He had gone away. He'd spent everything. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed the pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. In other words, he got to a place in his life where he was broke, he was hungry, and he was alone, and probably a list of other things too, right? But, but this was a place that, that God was bringing him to to get his attention, okay? Praying for runaways to have some divine detours so that as they are running away, God does some things. He puts some things in their way that begin to detour him, them away from where they're headed, which is destruction and bad choices and regrets to help them get back on track. And so, so pray that if you have a runaway, that, that something will happen, that God will allow some things to happen. And wh- here's what's interesting about the story of, of the prodigal son, this runaway. Do you realize that in the story, the Bible doesn't tell us, and I know that every illustration, every parable can't cover every single thing in life, every single scenario. I get that. But as a, as a dad myself, as I read this story, I think to myself, why didn't that father not just run toward him when he came home, but why didn't he run towards him when he was leaving home? Why didn't he do everything he could to stop him? Why didn't, why didn't he follow him to that distant country and sit in the car with binoculars? And, and Not that I've ever done anything like that with my kids, but, but the point is, why, did not, why didn't that father, why didn't he chase him? Why didn't he try to keep him from pain and problems? And, and I felt like when I was kind of asking that question, in my own heart, I remembered some of the things that I did as my daughters were growing up to, to kind of snowplow the roads for them. I, I admit it. I, if there ever was a helicopter parent, it, it, would be, <laughs> it would be me because I cared about them, and I, I didn't want them to make some of the mistakes that I made. I, I wanted them to be safe, and I wanted them to be protected. So there were some times that I ran ahead of them and tried, to, and tried to get things fixed and, and tried to deal with problems so they wouldn't have to face it. And I, and I wonder sometimes, I wonder sometimes if the reason this isn't shown in Scripture is the same reason that I felt at times God saying to me, what are you doing? Stop. Stop doing that. Stop fixing everything because it's in those broken times in life that I'm able to do things that, that nothing else can do. And I wonder if this is an example for us to show us that this young man would have never responded anyway. The father would have only been frustrated and it wouldn't allowed God to do what he needed to do and that's provide some divine detours to bring them to a place where the runaways and this runaway comes to his senses. Ultimately, I think that's what God wants for us. I don't think that God's primary goal in our lives is safety and security. God's primary goal in our lives is us coming to our senses and our salvation. And whatever he has to do to get us there, he's going to do that. And so pray for some divine detours that God will, yes, protect your son, daughter, husband, wife, friend, co-worker. We don't want hurt to come to anybody, but we also want hope and help to show up.
when he came to his senses. Because most of us respond out of tragedy instead of strategy, right? When we see somebody else, I told you about taking some notes on people and saying, well, as a husband, I would never say that to my wife. I I don't want to do that. I was learning strategy, but I have to be honest, there were more times where I said something dumb, I said something hurtful, and I I had to experience a tragedy, an argument, a hurt feeling before I changed. And that's true for a lot of us. So sometimes a runaway has to face some tragedy in their lives before they begin to live the strategy that will get them back on track. Reaction to runaways. Number one, pray, pray, pray. Number two, hope, hope, and hope. Here's what's interesting. You remember the story. The son had left, spent everything, was broke, hungry, and alone. He comes to his senses and he begins to come back home, right? And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Why do you think that while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him? I think that's a really easy question to answer, and that is because his father had been looking for him. The father had been hoping that he would come home. The father was hurting because he left on that road, but he was hoping that he would return on that road. And so I guarantee that day after day after day, whatever else he did, whatever else he saw, he was always looking down that road where his son left, hoping that his son would return, hoping hoping. And I want to say to you who, who may have a runaway in your life, you're hurting. I, I'm sure you are. But I want to ask you something. Are you hoping more than you're hurting? Are you hoping? Because it's hope that's going to keep you headed in the right direction, keep you doing the things that you need, keep you praying, praying, and praying. That's what hope does. Hope, hope, hope. And then finally, the last reaction that we ought to have towards, uh, towards runaways is to love, love, love. The Bible says that while he was still a long ways off, listen real close to this, while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with questions. No, that's not what it says. I got to be honest, I I would be filled with questions, right? I'd see him a long ways off and was like, I got some questions for you. What what, what did you do with all my money I gave you? What, 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 What... what happened? Where did you go? Why do you smell like a pig? You know, I would have all kinds. But that's not, that's not the reaction to a runaway that God is, is showing us through this illustration, through this parable. The father saw him and he was filled with compassion. He was filled with, with love. And he ran to his son. This is something in the culture of that day a father would never, ever, ever do. The good news is that's, that's like God, right? He doesn't respond the way we would. He doesn't respond the way the world does. He responds the way God does because he is love. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him. He kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf, kill it. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. Think of this picture in your head of how he sees his son dead, but he is alive again, and he was lost, but now he's found. And so they began, and so they began to celebrate. The reactions to runaways are three things. Somebody in your life has walked out of your life. Somebody in your heart has hurt your heart. It may be a son, it may be a daughter, it may be a mom, it may be a dad, it may be a husband, it may be a wife. What do you do? What do you do? You pray, pray, pray. You hope, hope, hope. And you love, love, love. Let me, let me explain the love part like this. So 
when I, when I work with husbands and wives, they almost always will call in and they'll say, hey, we're, we're struggling. And I'll ask the question, well, give me a couple sentences as to what you're struggling with. What, what's going on? And almost always they use, they use a couple phrases. We, we, can't, we just can't communicate. We just can't talk. We can't resolve conflict. And so, and so I say, well, I can help you with that. I can give you the tools for communication. I can give you the tools to resolve conflict. We, we can help you with that. And so they, they come in or we do a Zoom or whatever the case may be, and I begin to teach them these tools on communication and on conflict resolution. And so a couple that is, that is like this, right, the, the husband's over here and the wife is over here, they begin to le- learn these tools, and they begin to talk better. They begin to communicate better. Their relationship gets better. And a lot of times using those tools, no matter what the issue is, they can come together. Okay, but I'm not that good. The truth is, no matter what I teach, no matter what counselor, therapist, counselor, uh, coach they may work with, there will be times where when they have moved in and they have tried everything and they've used the tools that have been given them, there will be times where there's still a gap. There will be times where they can't close the gap, no matter how hard they work, no matter how much how much they want it, it, it just won't work. And so a lot of times when I work with couples, look, I've given you a lot of tools, but I need, to give you the, I need to give you the tool that will close the gap every time. And so because I love illustrations and I love props, I tell them, you need the great stuff. <laughs> you need the great stuff. For these gaps that you have in your life that you can't close, you need the great stuff. Just like there are times in working around the house or whatever, you need something that you can spray in that's going to expand, that's going to fill the gap. This is this little can represents it represents love. It represents love. Because sometimes no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you want it, the only thing that will close the gap is to simply say, "Look, we can't agree on this." We can't figure this out. We can't fix this. And this is the time where I just want you to know I love you. And I'll always be here for you. I committed my life to you. That's when we fill the gap with, with love. And that's exactly, it's exactly what God did, right? The Bible says that he ran to his son. What did he do? He filled that gap. Filled with compassion, he closed the gap. And he brought him home. Let me finish by saying this. If you, if you have a runaway and you're struggling, you're trying to figure out what what should I do and what should I not do. These are the reactions. Pray, pray, pray. Hope, hope, hope. Love, love, love. Those are the things that you should do. And I want to encourage you to do that. Second, if you are a runaway, if you're here today or you're listening to this, and you know that you've run away from, from your home, you've run away from what's good, and you know you, you are headed in a direction that is not good, and that's going to bring nothing but regrets and heartache to you and to your family. I, I want to say to you, stop. stop. Stop right where you're at, turn around, and come home. And hopefully those two things together, hopefully with this teaching about what we should do when somebody returns, and not approach them filled with questions, but filled with compassion, Praying for them that they would find faithful friends that they can learn from, that they can be loved by, that they can be protected. Praying that God will do some divine detours in their lives to bring them back to where they... Hopefully those things together, those things together, from the teachings of Jesus, these two great parables, will help us 
to have the right reactions to the runaways. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness to us, your mercy, and thank you so much for your love. Thank you that it has filled the gaps, that no matter how hard we tried, we could never reach you. The only thing that could reach us was your love. And I pray that we would see this as an example of your care, your faithfulness, and your love in our lives so that as we have people in our lives that let us down, that walk away, that leave us, that run away, that we would have the right reaction to them. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I had the best time worshiping and learning with you guys today. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's service. Head over to churchexperience.tv slash connect. Bring your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. Love to get back to you. And of course, we would love to be praying for you. If you want some more Church Experience content throughout your week, head over to our social media pages, our Facebook, our Instagram, as well as our Church Experience website and our Church Experience app. Hope to see each and every one of you back here next week. But until then, from everyone here at CE, we'll see you.